Hey, hey, welcome into the Big Ten Huddle. I'm your host, JR, and we are here to talk about all the things going on in the Big Ten. We've got some Penn State, some Ohio State to talk about, and we're going to at least hit on a little bit the rest of the Big Ten games that are happening this week, so that way you can know what's going on, you can know what to expect, and you can enjoy watching your Big Ten football this week. I have Aaron Brown from the OHIO podcast, and then I have Alec from the Booze, Bets, and Balls Penn State podcast. I finally got it right. You're like third time here, Alec, yeah, and I think third time's the charm. Time. You got yeah, it. There we go. <laughs> <That's a> mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was like the first time I was like, Alec, just just say it for me. I, like, I don't know how to say it. Yep. Um, so, Aaron, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell people where they can find the podcast, and then we'll move on to Alec. Yeah, so uh, I'm Aaron Brown. I'm from the OHIO podcast. Uh, you can watch us every Sunday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, San- uh, Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Aaron. And Aaron, you have somewhat of like a coaching history and stuff like that, don't you? I do. I yeah. do. I played five years semi-pro and I coached at Division One high school level in Ohio. Very good. So Aaron will have a lot to bring to the table. We appreciate that. Alec, you want to go ahead and tell people where they can find you? Yeah, so uh, podcast platforms, YouTube, Booze, Bets, and Ball, Penn State Football Podcast. On uh, Twitter, it's the number three, then a capital B, and then uh, pod PSU. There you go. Very good. Thank you, Alec. Hey, if do you remember, we are brought to you by Big Banter Sports, BigBanterSports.com for all of your Big Ten media needs for basketball and football. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please do like and subscribe. We appreciate that. And if you have any comments for what we talk about, you think we're wrong about something, you have a score prediction yourself, let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear from you there. And also, if you're on podcast, give us a rating. Let us know over there what you think of the pod. We appreciate that. All right, let's get into the game, guys. We have Penn State at Ohio State. Ohio State is favored by four and a half. This one has been talked about by so many different people. The like Fox Sports percentage thing gives Ohio State a 63% chance of winning this game. I think this is the most interesting game of the weekend anywhere, not just the Big Ten. Uh, so I'm going to be locked in on this one for big noon kickoff. Um, I... I think we'll just start. What What are your general thoughts on the game and what's going on? Aaron, let's let you go first. So I think that I'm, I'm with you. I think this might be the most intriguing matchup of the season outside of that team up north and us. Um, <laughs> I will not say that word. <laughs> uh, you know, I think for this game, Ohio State, they have to get home on Penn State, on Drew Aller. They have to apply that pressure. They're going to have to get sacks. That's no-brainer. That's just standard data. Uh, they're going to have to lock down Keandre Lambert-Smith. Uh, looking at the stats, he seems to be pretty much their number one guy. Nobody else has over 200 yards receiving. He's pushing five. Obviously, he's a go-to target. So Denzel Burke is going to have to lock him down. Um. Running the ball, that seems to be Penn State's strong suit. They're, you know, they're a clock management team. Uh, so it's going to be very important that we fill the gaps on run plays, get get the defense off the field, can't allow these third down conversions that Penn State's so good at. Uh, and it, I'm honestly looking at the film from what I've seen, Penn State is really good at getting third and short. Um, and they even have like a swing pass they like to do on third and long. Uh, whether that's the Singleton or Allen, and they do damage. Uh, that's just something they're good at. Uh, and then the other thing I think is we're going to have to score more touchdowns than field goals. This is mm. That's just what it's going to boil down to. 
Uh, Penn State's really good on defense. That's really the name of the game here, I think, is Ohio State's going to have to execute on offense. Penn State, really good at capitalizing on turnovers. That's how they beat Iowa. That's Northwestern gave them all they wanted. Uh, but what, at the end of the day, what happened was is turnovers. Northwestern started turning the ball over. Penn State scored on a short field. And that's that's really what we got to do. Limit turnovers, control the clock. Now, Alec, we'll get to you in a second. I want to ask this question to Aaron real fast, though. So, Aaron, are you concerned at all with Kyle McCord in the fact that this is probably – not probably. This is the best secondary that Ohio State has faced this season. Michigan's might be better. I I personally don't think so. I like the Penn State secondary better. However, you know, I've not watched like a ton of game film, so I'm not going to say it for sure. Uh, but this is a really good secondary they're going up against. And Ohio State has really good receivers. But Kyle McCord really hasn't started to come into his own and be that quarterback until the second half of the Maryland game and a good amount of the Purdue game. But he still fumbled. He was still got sacked. Are you concerned at all about Kyle McCord going in and facing this Penn State secondary? I am not concerned so much about Kyle McCord. I'm more concerned about our offensive line. Uh, McCord showed that he is cool, calm under pressure at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. That was an austere environment. That's about as rough as it's going to get outside of being at Happy Valley and a primetime game. Thankfully, we're going to be at home for this one. But my concern is not so much Kyle McCord. It's the offensive line because we have some problems and Penn State is very good on defense. Chop Robinson's going to get there at least once or twice. We know that for a fact. He's oh, very, yeah. very good. So, uh, Alec, what are your general thoughts on the game? Yeah, you know, I, this is kind of the first year. Usually when we come to Ohio State week, it's how are we going to find enough points to keep up with Ohio State's offense? Obviously, usually in the top three, top five in the country in every offensive category. This year is first I'm kind of going into it with this is a defensive game. This is two really good defenses and two teams still maybe trying to find an identity on offense. I know Ohio State has kind of struggled to run the ball at times. Penn State struggled with explosive plays. Uh, Both teams still going through some offensive line stuff for Ohio State. I know it's more at the tackles for Penn State. It's more on the interior. The guards have been banged up, still trying to figure out a proper rotation there. So I, I really think it's turnovers, negative plays. It's a lot of stuff that we're not used to when you know, when it was Trace McSorley versus, uh, I can't think of his name right now, uh, the 2017 quarterback for Ohio State, uh, Barrett, right? Oh, JC uh, Barrett. Yeah. Yeah, 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 slipped my mind for a second there. But, you know, like those games when they were playing in the 30s and stuff. I I don't I don't think that's the case this year. Um, it, it really does feel like it's more – I like the, the Notre Dame-Ohio State game, a score like that is really what's starting to stick in my mind, honestly. Yeah. I – I just feel like it's two defenses that are at their peak and two offenses that still have another level they need to get to. Yeah, for sure. I think that in this game, Denzel Burke playing is going to be a huge mm-hmm. factor. Because like you said, Aaron, Keandre Lambert-Smith is a really good wide receiver, and Drew Aller does rely on him quite a bit, as he should. He's a really good receiver. Um, but I do think that there is some concern because if – Aaron, you tell me if I'm wrong, but if Denzel Burke doesn't play – it's a true freshman backing him up, right? I believe he is a true freshman or a red shirt freshman. Yeah. It's right. uh, it's going to hurt us. I will tell you that. Right. And I'm not saying a true freshman can't perform. Denzel Burke was very good. His true freshman year, I think as well, but still like a game, this magnitude to get your very first start. That's looking like something that could 
could be a problem in this game. Um, Alec, I, I want to get your pulse on something really fast because I've sure. been looking at some some numbers on PFF and also just watching a little bit of Penn State this week. I'm an Ohio State fan, so I, I watch uh, the opponents yeah. and stuff like that leading up. But um, but there's been one thing that's concerned me a little bit, and I'd like to get your, your take on it, is some of the tackling by the linebackers, um, Abdul Carter in particular. The dude is very athletic and very fast and can make, it seems like, any play that comes his way. But he's, he's struggled with some missed tackles this week or this year, and I've not really heard it talked about. Are you concerned at all with the linebackers tackling or Abdul Carter or anything like that? Yeah, I, I, I've noticed that a little bit, just not wrapping up all the way. Uh, gotcha. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you, if it's a concern or it's just like they're. I don't want to say giving a half effort, but considering some of the opponents, they they may be not trying to hurt themselves and go all out. But you know, this week, if it happens, obviously it, it will hurt them, and it'll probably lead to a loss if they miss a couple key tackles especially on you know a third or fourth and short so I, I have noticed that too kind of just bouncing off the side of guys a little bit right. but uh hoping that it's not a skill or a talent thing it, it, it's more of I don't not giving 100 percent maybe considering some of the teams they've played in the scores lately Right. Well, I mean, we have UMass right before Ohio State. I right. can't imagine that they spent the entire week preparing for UMass, right? <laughs> I, I, I I definitely don't think they told them to go all out last week. And, you know, I, I think the other thing, maybe last week, they were probably trying not to get any targeting penalties or anything the second half of that game. So maybe not going right at a guy on a tackle if you don't really need to. Mm-hmm. Now you tell me one one more question before we move on here. But you tell me, Daquan Hardy, Hardy, right? Yeah. Last week, punt returning two two big punt returns, um, two touchdowns, uh, and he got I think the first touchdown of the game with a punt return, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. Uh, so he really got that team going as well. Is, is Hardy kind of like an electric punt returner that you guys are going to be relying on quite a bit, or was that just kind of like a one game wonder? You think? Uh, well, I, I guess now, uh, because he had, he had not done it before that. Um, he, he's a fifth year guy. So when he got here, Jahan Dotson did it and then right. Parker Washington did it. And a Washington left, obviously after last season, so they had to find someone new. They had Richard freshman, uh, wide receiver, Caden Saunders back there. And then for the UMass game, Saunders was healthy, but they felt because it was UMass, it was a good opportunity to maybe see if there was someone else who had a gear back there and Hardy got, uh, was asked to do it first time he's done it since high school apparently and uh, seemed to work out pretty well. So I, I would assume he's back there this week. I would kind of hope so. So <laughs> I, I'm guessing, I, I think they might, they're a little shocked. Obviously when a guy returns two, you're a little shocked, but I think they might've been taken back by how good that went. Uh, right. So I, I assume he'd probably be the guy this week. It's one of those things where maybe you don't do it in practice, but then they see it in games. It's like, okay, we're going to throw you back out there. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see, like, over the bye week, if he he was doing it more and they saw something and put him back there. Just, yeah, really interesting. Gotcha. All right. Well, hey, we've got some player props here from uh, from Fox that I want to go through, and we're just going to kind of alternate each one. Kind of give me a rapid-fire answer here. Aaron, we'll start with you. So, Nick Singleton, over under 59 and a half rushing yards. Aaron, what do you think? Over. You think over? Okay. Yes. 
All right, so Alec, let's go to you now. Catron Allen over under 43 and a half rushing yards. What do you think? That's a good number. Uh, I'll say over, but I don't. I don't know if it's by a lot. But that yeah. just he gets consistent three to four yards a carry. So if he gets ten carries, I think that's a good number. Right. He seems to be the more consistent. Consistent. Yeah, back he, he's looked season. a lot better the last few weeks, especially. Right. All right. So Aaron, back to you. So Kyle McCord over under one and a half touchdown passes. Whew. That's tough. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'm going to take the under. Under, okay. I think that we're going to rely on the run game. A little Dallin Hayden, you think? Dallin Hayden, uh, Travion should be good to go. Yep, Mayan Williams, a little dash of him in there. There you go. I like it. I like it. All right, so same thing on Drew Aller to you, Alec. Yeah, I'm, I'm under too. Uh, obviously, so? Penn State struggling uh, to throw the ball a little bit. Uh, the tight ends, though, have been getting a lot of – looks in the end zone so maybe they get over that but i think with burke on lambert smith penn state will rely maybe more on the running backs if they get down the goal line in red zone i do think that's an underrated part of this game is ohio state's linebackers in coverage versus these tight ends because theo johnson and tyler warren are good uh are are good tight ends and can catch the ball well doesn't tyler warren have some kind of crazy whiteout stat where it's like he's scored in every whiteout game he's played in or something like that i think i think so yeah yeah so maybe he'll channel some of that whiteout energy i don't know all right okay so uh marvin harrison jr Aaron, uh, over under, it seems low to me. He had, he had 185 receiving yards last year, over under 85 receiving yards this year. Uh, absolutely over. Over. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Keandre Lambert Smith. This is kind of a tricky one because we don't know if Denzel Burke is playing or not, yeah. but Alec, 56 and a half receiving yards. What do you think? I think he gets over 56 just because they find ways to get him the ball around the line of scrimmage if they have to and let him make a play for, you know, 10, 15 yards. So I think he gets over that, but I don't think it's because of some big, long touchdown play or something like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Last one for you, Aaron. Kyle McCord over under. He is leading the Big Ten in passing yards, so it might be over here, but over under 238 uh, passing yards. Uh, what do you think? I'll tell you what, I'll take I'll take the over. And I say that because Egbuka's playing, Marvin Harrison's good, Kate Stover. Kate Stover. So wait, we know for sure Egbuka's playing? He is playing, and so is Denzel Burke. Okay. All right. Yep. Well, very good. Very good. Uh all right. Drew Owler then 190 and a half, Alec. 190. I, I think he gets to 200. You think so, he gets to 200? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think so too. I think these quarter I I think both of these quarterbacks have kind of a storyline going into this game, right? You've got Mm -hmm. the Philly kid, Kyle McCord. You've got, you know, the Ohio native, uh, Drew Aller. Of course, he wasn't from Columbus or anything like that, but he was still in Ohio. Ohio State took uh, Quinn Ewers over him um, because Quinn Ewers reclassified. But uh, I really feel like both quarterbacks in this game have a lot to play for. And I think think the coaches are going to let him. Let them do it. Let them play for it. Uh, and, of course, we'll see what the offensive line does. So, all right, real quick, Aaron, score prediction, what do you got? I'm going to say it's going to be another Notre Dame-esque type game, um, and I think it's going to take a little McCord magic to pull it off, but I'm going to say 27-24 Buckeyes. 27-24, that's a close one. It's a close one. All right, Alec, what do you think? 
Yeah, we uh we did our prediction show right before this. I landed on Penn State 21, Ohio State 17. I think uh, Penn State's edge rushers are playing about as good as they have all season right now. They've really peaked. Adis Isaac has five sacks. Chop Robinson has three. Uh, they've gotten some pressure from the interior guys too, which was a little surprising. I, th- I think that's a difference. I, th- I think they find ways to get to McCord and keeps it a little low scoring, but I, I think it's going to be a little nerve wracking at the end. Yeah. Those are always the most fun games though, right? When they were <laughs> just a little bit of get your blood pumping. Uh, I I was in, uh, I, my blood was pumping far too hard during that Notre Dame game. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know if I can take another uh, one yard line run uh, yeah. for the game. I don't know if I can take another one like that. So, all right, let's move on to Michigan at Michigan State. I know uh, I have to say that for the podcast, Aaron. So I'm sorry. Don't, <laughs> don't take back my Ohio State fandom card. But um, but Michigan is favored by 24 points here. Oh, wait, at Michigan State? Did I get, is it? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was at Michigan for some reason. Oh no, I was thinking. I watched the highlight the other day. That was at Michigan. Um, oh, it was the it was the trouble with the snap. Right. I was watching that. That's why I got it mixed up. Sorry, Michigan fans. Not trying to bring that up. Uh, so twenty uh, Michigan is favored by twenty four over Michigan State at Michigan State. Alec, what are some of your thoughts on this one? Uh, thoughts on this? Michigan looks really good. Michigan State wishes the season was over. I, I, I think that's, I, I don't really know how else to put that, honestly. Uh, I, I don't, you know, because Michigan State's going through a coaching change, I don't know if Harbaugh would try to send a message and mm-hmm. run up the score. I think if it was Mel Tucker over there and they were still going head-to-head and recruiting and that kind of stuff, he maybe doesn't let up. But So I, that's, a, that's a good line, honestly, the 24. But uh, I know rivalry games usually tend to be a little closer no matter what, but I I think it's going to be close, like closer with the line. Uh, I think maybe 21 only Michigan wins by. (laughs) Only three touchdowns. Yeah, only. Yeah, that's all. (laughs) Aaron, what do you think? I think that uh, that team up north is a little too dominant for Sparty. Um, I'm going to say it's actually, yeah, I don't don't even think that that the talent disparity is too much. And then never mind the coaching aspect. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say team up north 49, Sparty 10. Oh, it'll be a bad day for Sparty. It is. Happens. Um, we had Spartan Dog on for our last football show, and he had quite the legendary rant. Um, I was kind of concerned that we might get kicked off YouTube for all the explicit <laughs> that we're used. <laughs> I, at first, I was like, "Oh, I'll just put in bleeps for him," and then they just kept mm-hmm. going and going. I was like, "I, I don't have enough time to put in this many bleeps." So, uh, Alec, you got a score prediction for this one? Uh, yeah, if I'm going to, if I'm going to say, I'm going to say like 31, 10, somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be a classic Michigan score <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> through like the first four games of the season. I think they scored in the thirties every time and something like that. Um, uh, I will say my only concern here, and I don't even know if it's a concern that Michigan will lose. I think it's more of a concern that maybe the game will be closer than Michigan fans are happy with. Cause I, I really, I just don't see Michigan losing this game. Uh, I think. They're too focused and they're too ready. My only thought is maybe they don't come out, you know, taking Michigan State as seriously as maybe they should. Maybe they see that, you know, they they don't have their coach and the team is down. And maybe something happens kind of like it happened with the start of Indiana where the offense stalls out a little bit. You know, Sparty's playing really, really hard and they just really get after them. And maybe we're looking at a, 
you know, one score, one, you know, maybe a score and a field goal type of game at halftime. Um, Alec, could you see anything like that happening? I, I mean, I understand it from like the rivalry aspect, you know, Michigan state might play up. This is, I don't, after they lost the Rutgers, I don't know if they can make a bowl game. So I, this might be, they might look at this as their bowl game, honestly. So I, I could definitely see them getting up and trying to play a little harder, but maybe an interesting first quarter, but I, I just think Michigan has too much talent at this point to, for this game to be too much of a sweat. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good point. Um, Aaron, it, you you probably interact with Michigan fans quite often. Do you sense any, uh, uh, you know, maybe too much arrogance or anything like that in this one that Michigan State might be able to catch them for a quarter or two? Uh, I'll be honest the the amount of interaction with those fans that I get it's always you haven't beat us in <laughs> x amount of days and I'm like yeah. well you know you kind of chickened out on us in 2020 so I don't know if that should really count <laughs> you can't lose if you don't play right <laughs> that is true nobody lost that game so lots of <laughs> lots of arrogance is yeah. uh, pretty much with everything coming from them right now yeah and, and I, you know, I will give them their flowers. You know, I have them first in my power rankings and I don't, I don't see them moving anytime soon. So, uh, you know, they have a, they have a reason to be arrogant. So, all right, let's move on to Minnesota at Iowa. We have uh, the Golden Gophers here. PJ Fleck, 0-6 versus Iowa, has never beaten Kirk Ferentz uh, since he's been there. I don't know how Minnesota fans feel about that. They don't seem to be too upset, but I do think that they would like to see a win at some point over Iowa in the PJ Fleck era. Um, Iowa somehow is finding a way to win games with an offense. And I don't know if it's game plan. I don't know if it's talent. I think there's a little bit of game plan that goes into it, but also Deacon Hell. I, I, I just don't think he's a big 10 quarterback caliber. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Aaron? I think. <laughs> okay. Any offense, okay, that's coordinated by Brian Ferentz, <laughs> that's a problem, buddy. <laughs> that's that that offense is just going to be bad, and that's I think that's been kind of statistically proven since he's taken over as the coordinator. They have not been good for any reason. They even have Eric All, Cade McNamara transferred in, and I, I understand that you know McNamara is now hurt, but even before that, on oh, Eric All is hurt too now. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but even if they were completely healthy, what were they really doing? Any, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. Iowa was dropping 40 points or 30 points on a Big Ten team. Right. So I'm, I'm going to say Minnesota wins this one. Wow. And I will say Minnesota wins 20 to 14. Wow. So you think maybe a breakaway uh, touchdown or something like that that really helps them out? I think the combination of McNamara and all being out is going to really hinder Iowa's already crap offense, and Minnesota takes advantage of that. Watch Iowa pull a first-round pick tight end out of nowhere or something. Right? (laughs) Somebody nobody's ever heard of, and all of a sudden he has four touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Deacon Hill somehow (laughs) gets more touchdowns than his QBR is or something like that. I don't know. yeah, no, and and I think that the thing there with what you're saying, it's like, oh, well, no offense can can do well with Brian Ferentz, and it's like the counter side to that is like, well, no offense can do well against Phil Parker. You know, it's like it is such 
a strange dichotomy between the two. And, and honestly, I love it. I love, you know, seeing uh, the dichotomy and the games aren't always super exciting, but it is, it is so strange to watch. And it, it, I don't, I think Iowa fans love it, but also kind of hate it at the same time. Uh, and that's kind of where I stand with it too. I'm by no means an Iowa fan, but um, it just, it's big 10 West football at its finest. So Alec, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so obviously Penn State, we're a little biased uh, towards Iowa because Penn State needs them to rack up these wins in That's the right. three-way 11-1 scenario. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> we're going to pull for them. But, yeah, they, they've lost so much talent on offense due to injury. It's That's really backbreaking, honestly. We already mm-hmm. talked about probably the worst offense in the FBS, and then they lost their three best players. So At least power five. Yeah, yeah, at least power five. Uh it, it that's hard to overcome, but they they just find ways with that defense. I, I could honestly see this being like ten to seven, and they score with on defense. Like that, that's really how I feel. Like I, I could see them going eleven and one and averaging less than twenty points a game, which I don't know if that's ever happened before, at least in this century. But like it really feels <laughs> that way because they got over the Wisconsin hurdle. Uh, I, I, it's just so weird because no matter how bad that offense is, they find ways to win, and it's because of just how good they are on special teams and defense. And I kind of expect that to continue because there's no reason to believe it can't because it's kind of gone on forever now. It feels like I'm convinced there's some kind of switch that Kirk Ferentz hits for Cooper DeGene, and it's like, hey, get us yeah. a field goal range with his punt return or something like that. Yeah, no, it's nuts. It, it, it is. It is absolutely. Uh, crazy. So uh, interesting fact on this one, the over under for this game is set at 31. Um, that's an insanely low over under, and it is actually the lowest over under of the entire weekend. The next lowest is Air Force at Navy 35. So uh, <laughs> Iowa and Minnesota have managed to get an over under that is less than Air Force versus Navy. Um I, pr- I still take the under. <laughs> I would still take the under as well because, like, that's dude, that's how you know you have an inept offense when your your over under for your game is less than two wing T offenses. You guys watch; they're going to go eleven and one, and they are. I think going they to be are a top just, ten team. <laughs> the West going to be eleven and one and not ranked because the playoff committee just won't respect their offense oh that's true yeah they are ranked right now aren't they like 24th i think yeah so i think so yeah yeah. maybe they play too close to a game versus minnesota and they drop out or something i don't know it's just it's wild i'll be watching that one though it's a it's crazy all right so wisconsin is playing at illinois uh illinois kind of looked dead uh and then they resurrected themselves against maryland and now they are a team with new uh with 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 new energy and revitalized and i listened to the illini cast and sunny v was outlining the way that illinois can still make the big 10 championship game uh so this is a team with some more (laughs) with some more energy wisconsin is favored by two and a half that seemed really low to me it is at Illinois, and I know mm-hmm. Illinois, you know, they do play uh, better at home than they do on the road. But um, I don't know. Two and a half seemed a little a little low, but, you know, I, I'm not Vegas. I don't make these things. So, Alec, what are your thoughts on this one? Did the Wisconsin quarterback break his hand? I swear I read that somewhere. He yeah. had surgery. Yeah. 
He's okay, out. so that that might be why. Um, Did you guys see that video where he's like, "I can't throw, I can't." Oh throw. yeah, his yeah. Mouth, oh, I did man. see that. Yeah, yeah. Something. So All that, right, sorry. Go ahead. The, see that that makes it interesting to me. Like if he played, I I don't think this game would be really that close. Honestly, uh, Illinois is a tough place to play for the fact that it's very sleepy. Honestly, it kind of puts you to sleep. Penn State struggles there during the day, so this is a day game. Maybe a new quarterback. Uh, for Wisconsin, you know, it's already freaking out. And then it's like crickets in there. You might wonder what's going on. But uh, I still think Wisconsin wins this game. But Illinois is a little feisty. And obviously that win last week gave them a lot of life, I think. They still have some talent on the defensive line, obviously. But I, I didn't see – like Luke Altmyer's already been sacked 26 times this year, which I didn't wow. realize, which is really bad. So – they just that don't has have to be the, last in the Big Ten. Yeah, it is by nine. I think. I think uh, Card at wow. Purdue was seventeen. Wow. So um, <laughs> that that's the number that just sticks out to me. I'm like, yeah, there's no way this team could really win that many games. So uh, I'll take Wisconsin in without the quarterback. Does Wisconsin really have that good of a pass rush, though? I've not heard anything about their pass rush. All season. even even from Wisconsin fans, yeah. I've not heard anything about it. Um, no, it's been kind of quiet with their defense this year. Yeah, which you don't expect with Luke Fickle. Uh, Aaron, you got any thoughts with this one? I think with that quarterback out and with a win over Maryland, uh, I think Illinois is going to capitalize on that, man. And being at home, I think you brought up some good points. That is a sleepy place, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in the daytime, man. Uh, I don't know what those the students are out doing, committing crimes maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, Fake robberies happen in dirty. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a crazy place to be, Illinois. Land of Lincoln, I think. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I think Illinois is going to capitalize on that. Now, I'm going to give them 20 to 17. 20 to 17. All right. And then you said Illinois, right? Yes, yes. Alec, did you give a score? Uh no, I did not, but I was going to take Wisconsin 21 to 14. 21, 14. All right. Very good. We are going to move on to the. Oh, uh, hey, since we're talking about environments, before we move on, Aaron, why don't you go ahead and give. You were at the Purdue Ohio State game, and we were talking a little bit about it. Why don't you go ahead and give some Purdue some props on Ross Aid before we move on? Yeah, yeah, dude. I. We, me, Chris, and Eric went to the game. Um, I just graduated from Purdue last week, so it just kind of worked out that Ohio State was playing them. So we took the trip out there, and I gotta say, I don't know why I expected anything less. Maybe it's because I'm used to the horseshoe with 105,000 people in it. But I'll tell you, man, gotta give props to the people at Purdue. They rocked it out. I think they had like a, I think they had 54 or 56,000. Um, but man, that was a, a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, the seats, we were third row, um, players were right in front of us, you know, most stadiums, wow. uh, you're, you're pretty far away from them, even at third row level. Uh, but this one, man, I felt like I could reach right out and touch the players. Man. You know, they were just right there. It's just a great atmosphere. Could you like hear the players or the coaches or anything? Oh yeah. If they were yelling, you could absolutely hear them. Wow. That's pretty cool. Now, of course, that was later in the game when Ohio State was way up on them and there wasn't a million people screaming. And I will say this about it. On third down, they do this train whistle and you just want to stab the guy on the the soundboard. (laughs) But it contributed, you know. It's like, dude, you're down by 30. Give it up. The the world's largest drum. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh yeah, there was like something with a bowl game the other year where like they couldn't fit it in the tunnel or something. Um, yeah, thing's huge, funny. man. It that's really funny. is. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's move on to Rutgers at Indiana. Um, I know this is one that probably not a lot of people have looked mm-hmm. into, and uh, but Rutgers has been better this year. Yeah. They're five and two. They uh, they win this game. They're going to a bowl game. I put a bunch of information about that on our I think I have a tweet uh scheduled for tomorrow about that so um this would be huge for Rutgers if they can manage to go bowling it is at Indiana at Indiana Indiana is not Ross Aid um I mean it's not a terrible stadium but just not the rowdy environment there that it is at Ross Aid so I don't know how much of a home field advantage there is here but um Aaron do you have any thoughts on this game or Rutgers or Indiana at all um, I've been to a game in Bloomington and you're right. It's not really all that. <laughs> um, but I did have some information that I was given by Chris mm. and Eric, uh, regarding your closet fan status of Rutgers. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of Rutgers <laughs> listeners. Uh, they told me to say that I, yeah. you know, they gave me like $5 to cash app to do it. <laughs> um, Gotta make some money. <laughs> yeah. We gotta make something off these podcasts, right? Something, man. I'm telling you. Uh, I I just think you know Indiana's offense. If I'm not mistaken, they're somewhere around 120th in the country. They are really bad. We talked about Iowa being rough. Indiana really is. Uh, they are really bad. Um, and Rutgers defense is ranked eighth nationally. So you put that together. I don't really care where you're at. I'm gonna go ahead and give Rutgers that win, and I'm gonna say. 2717. All right. Hey, fun stat. You'll like this one, Eric. Uh only three teams this season have not given up a 40 plus yard play. Ohio State, Air Force, Rutgers. So wow. You know, I knew Ohio State was one of them. The other two is uh I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. Uh, and Eric, uh Penn or Eric, Alec, um, Penn State only gave up one. So you guys are right up there. And it was it was to Delaware of all teams. <laughs> what <laughs> was that when the backups were in or what? Uh they were they were rotating linebackers early in the game and the the backup Mike linebacker followed like the defensive tackle into a gap uh, instead of taking the other one, left it wide open, the guy went seventy yards. Yeah. <laughs> and, Ohio State did that last game against Purdue, Eichenberg and, and Hall. They got caught up together and mm-hmm. I think it was Mockaby just ran wild. Surprised he didn't get forty yards. Uh Alec, you got any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I I think Rutgers wins this game pretty easily, like 28-10, something like that. Uh, The way they looked in the second half coming back from against Michigan State last week was honestly really cool to see the energy and kind of how much they fought, even though the offense really didn't do much. It was all special teams and defense, but they those two sides of of the ball they really seem to have proved upon. Um, I also think I don't I don't know their full schedule after this game, but I know they still have to play uh, Penn State. Ohio State and Maryland, I think. So mm-hmm. this is a big game for their bowl eligibility. So I think they want to go out and get this one. And Indiana's struggling. So I, I, I think Rutgers honestly wins this one easily and uh, gets to the bowl game. Yeah, we went through the schedule a um, couple podcasts ago. And uh, that's what everybody was saying was they have to win against Michigan State, which they did. Mm-hmm. And then they have to win against Indiana if they want to get to a bowl because yeah. Ohio State 
Maryland, who Maryland might not be as good as we think, or they just right. had a crappy game. Who knows? Uh, but I still think they're probably better than Rutgers, even the way they played against Illinois. So, uh, but we'll see. You know, Rutgers could surprise some people, go seven and five or something like that. So, mm-hmm. all right, last game. Um, I do like that it's all Big Ten. We don't have any FCS teams to look at or anything, but um, I know these are two teams. Not everybody thinks about or watches a bunch but but i i have watched nebraska quite a bit this season so uh northwestern at nebraska they are favored by or uh, nebraska is favored by 11 points in this one so we'll see how that plays out but um alec you have any thoughts on this one i mean i don't even know who the quarterback at nebraska is at this point uh <laughs> I, now i i know that they've switched it a few times and we, penn state doesn't back. play them so i haven't really yeah. kept up with them uh we did see northwestern they were feisty uh, at the beginning but you could tell by the second half they do lack a lot of depth and talent so nebraska home i i'll take nebraska uh i don't know if they'll cover like 11 and a half i see that being like 24 17 something like that but uh i i do think nebraska will take take, take care of here yeah i think matt rule obviously has a coaching advantage over yeah. over braun and you know braun was kind of thrown into a you know impossible situation this year but major props to him he's got three wins nobody nobody thought they'd win a game in the big 10 this year and they managed to do so sorry minnesota um move on from there so we don't have to dwell on that aaron you got any thoughts on this one <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I think there is a coaching advantage. Uh, the fact they're at Nebraska, I think that's going to be major for them too. I don't know how many people are going to show up to watch them play Northwestern of all teams, but I think that they will cover, and I will say 31-7. to 7. 31. I think the coaching change is just too much. I, they have overachieved winning three games, but I just don't see this one being close. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. They are coming – off the buy, I think both of them are coming off the buy, so we'll see. Um, if maybe somebody put together a really good game plan or something like that, but but yeah, so all right, that's all we got for the Big Ten. Uh, I do like to open it up if you guys have any additional thoughts on just college football in general or anything that's affecting your teams. You know, Aaron, if there's anything you got on Notre Dame or anything like that you want to bring up, or Alec, if there's anything you've got on West Virginia or anything like that. Um, if you guys got anything you want to bring it up. I honestly, I think this year's kind of wide open. And as much as I hate to say this, you know, it kind of feels like the team up north is kind of the team to beat nationally. Georgia's not what they've been in the last few years. You know, they're a little bit off. Like, yeah, they beat Kentucky, but how good really was Kentucky? Mm-hmm. Let's be real. You know, it's yeah. kind of like Maryland. Everybody thought Maryland was really good until they came to Columbus. Well, and they lose that Auburn game if they don't have Brock Bowers. Right. And he's injured right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's that going to look like moving forward? I don't know what their schedule looks like over the next couple of weeks, but, I mean, the SEC is tough. So, you know, are they going to lose one to LSU? Or, you know, I don't know who they're playing, but uh, it's that's just one of those things, man. They're just – Georgia's not where it's at. Penn State could emerge. They're doing really well. Team up north, Ohio State, I feel like it is really in the air. I might get in trouble for saying this if there's any SEC fans listening, um, because I definitely went off on some <clears throat> on Twitter because Josh Pate said that Arkansas would win the Big Ten West, which I think is preposterous, but you know, whatever. He's entitled to his opinion. Um it's I wrong, honestly though. it is wrong. Um <laughs> I honestly think 
if Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan are in the SEC this year, they run away with it, especially if they have Georgia's schedule. I think they run away with it. I don't think there is any team, possibly Georgia, uh, that would be able to contend with these teams. If Georgia makes the playoffs and they face one of these teams, uh, I think I think Michigan handles them. I think Ohio State takes care of them, and I think you know I think Penn State would be able to take care of them as well. So uh, if anybody wants to put that on Twitter and you know have Georgia fans come after me, go ahead. But um, you know you might not get so lucky with a with a wide receiver getting injured and winning the game that way so alec you got any thoughts yeah this this is something actually i tweeted yesterday because i was thinking about it but if all five conference champions go undefeated what which conference do you think they uh leave out of the playoff that is a good thought so we got what florida state uh oklahoma Georgia, Washington, Georgia, Washington, and then, and then a combination of either Penn State, Michigan, or Ohio State. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think if Georgia goes undefeated, I don't think it matters what they look like if they win mm-hmm. the SEC. I think they're in. Um, I think that Florida State, because they beat LSU, would get in. Um, I think Washington would get in. Um, yeah, because USC and Oregon both lost. Um and then, so what's it between Oklahoma and one of the Big Ten teams? Yeah. I think one of the Big Ten teams get in because you would have to go through the two others right. in the East. Um, and then if I was 11-1 and one and they make it to the Big Ten Championship and you win that game, that's just an extra feather in your cap to, mm-hmm. I mean, right. do that. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I think it's going to be one of the Big Ten teams. Um, I could see if Florida State finishes out, I could see that. So we got what Big Ten, ACC, um, SEC, and then you know if that's Georgia, and I'm with you regardless of what they look like. If they win the SEC, they're in. Well, uh, that's the treatment you get from winning two natties in a row. You know, I mean, well, of course, yeah. And I'm not saying it's not earned or anything, but I, I'm just saying they they're not the same team. So I, right. it, it is what it is. They're always going to favor the SEC regardless. Right. Alabama could probably have three losses. If they beat Georgia, they will put them into the playoff. Yeah. However, that math works um, doesn't add up to me or anyone else, but CFP will make it happen. Yeah. Um, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I think that the edge would have to go to Oklahoma right now for that fourth spot over a Pac 12 team, even if it is Washington. Really? I just, yeah. And I say that because they beat Texas, who went into Tuscaloosa. And beat Bama. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty quality right there, if you ask me. That's the hard part I have with it is it's like, will the SEC bias that in the college football playoffs and in the AP poll, will that extend to Oklahoma this year? Because Oklahoma plays an awful schedule. I mean, absolutely terrible. The only team mm-hmm. they play with this year with a pulse is Texas. Um, and Texas does have a pulse. They beat Alabama. Um, so, you know, I'll give them the credit there. Um, but, you know. They're not – Ohio State plays Notre Dame, Penn State, Michigan. Penn State plays Michigan and Ohio State. And West Virginia is not that bad of a team. I mean, they, they were right. at one point ranked. Um, Michigan plays Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, but still, like that's, in my mind, a harder schedule than what Oklahoma is going to have to go through. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's interesting to, to think about. And if USC keeps losing – that's just going to look bad for Washington. Uh, so maybe Washington's not the lock that I thought they were. So I just feel like, you know, USC has no defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that's their biggest problem. Inverse of Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) right. (laughs) Oregon is, they're what Oregon always is. They're fast and they look cool. And Mm -hmm. then that's, you know, they're great till they're not anymore. You know, um, till Dan Lanning can't coach at the end of the game. Right. Right. It's just, that's the thing I see with the PAC 12 is they just, they're always great until they're not They're paper dragons, just like Notre Dame every year, they get that nod to be a top 10 team. And then they lose to Louisville. You know what I'm saying? So let me ask you this before we get out of here and Alec, we'll start with you. So uh, USC, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. uh, Do you think that, because the Pac-12, I think it's pretty obvious. They don't have defense out there. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely not the way they do in the Big Ten. I think Minnesota has a better defense than you know most teams in the Pac-12. Definitely better than USC. Um, but you know, so when they get over here to the Big Ten next year, are do you think that there will be some kind of like shock to the system that maybe these three or four teams that everybody's expecting to be top tier? in the big 10 kind of have to where maybe not all three of them are, maybe only one of them is uh, because of the defensive side of things. Yeah, I, I definitely, I think there's going to be maybe a defensive adjustment, but when you play a lot of those big 10 West teams, it may not show up all the time, obviously. Uh, you know, the one thing I will say is three out of those four teams do lose their quarterback after the year. So yeah. I, I do think, you know, they, might struggle the first year. Honestly, and everyone's going to question, you know, why did the Big Ten take them? And then, boom, they, they'll have, I know at least USC has, and Oregon have five stars, you know, waiting to come up. I don't know about Washington, but, you know, then I mean, a year later, they'll probably be right in the mix of it again for the Big Ten championship. But, yeah, I, I think you are going to, uh, I think Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State will expose those defenses more than they have been. Uh, I, I think Utah was the way Utah pushed around USC last year, even though Utah or USC was the way more talented team because they just had nothing on the trenches of either side. I think USC is going to get a lot of wake-up calls like that in the Big Ten because there's a lot of teams comparable to Utah in the Big Ten. Yeah, I would not be surprised if USC uh, gets beat by Iowa next year with Caleb Williams not there. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I – completely agree with him with Alec you know what is it three of those teams are losing their quarterback Uh, I'm not sure UCLA would have been a contender anyway Um, I think the only one with like minimal staying power really unless like a big name transfer goes there I think Oregon's probably the the one that has the the lasting power once they arrive I think Caleb William leaves Uh, USC's probably going to lose two games I think um, Washington, Michael Penix, Penix, he's leaving. Uh, you know what I mean? Big Penix. Yeah, right. <laughs> Old habit from when he was at Indiana. Uh, uh, yeah. But, you know, I just don't see Washington being that great once he leaves. Oregon's the only one. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that Oregon, like, I think Dan Lanning understands a bit more. I don't know if he understands it better, but I think he is actively working a bit more at shoring up that defensive line uh, more so than USC and, and Washington are. Um, He's a defensive coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was, he was the he did great things for, at Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. did. And I think he's kind of changing how Oregon recruits. It's not the 165 pound running backs and receivers that can run like the wind, but you know, if you, they fall down, right. 
You know what I mean? He's getting some power and some speed in there. Yeah. And I think that'll help him in the Big Ten. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, we've got a little while in this one. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. And thank you to everybody for listening to the Big Ten Huddle. We're going to get out of here. Do check out Big Banter Sports, bigbantersports.com, and check out the Big Ten Huddle on all social media, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. We're not on Facebook, sorry, but we all are all those other places. Check us out. Thanks, guys, for coming in. See ya.